on this episode of the AIE podcast. AIE in real life. Check the Discord. Raid teams are progressing. Happy anniversary to STO Star Trek. Get ready for the fallen star. I got it. I got it. I got it. Ah, I got it. And we have Lucy and Marcus who are here to talk to us about AIE in SOTOR. All that and much more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Welcome to episode 337 of the podcast celebrating you of the Yachtas game community, the Die Has Been Podcast. This is Mucow. Greetings, Gildies. And to my left somewhere over there is Makala. Hey guys, so this week in the Guild Kitchen, we're baking a orange honey poppy seed cake, a recipe care of Aquilo, and we're also going to be baking a lemon ricotta cake for Valentine's Day evening. And I just gained five pounds. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and that voice to my right is Tetsemi. I have spreadsheets. I need them now for Final Fantasy fourteen. So much. And uh, with those voices, we are also joined with special guests Lucy and Marcus, who are here to talk to us about AIE and SWOTOR. Welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start by seeing what we've all been up to in the meat space, the real world, the real life recently, and we're going to start with, on my screen, I see Tetsemi's first. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, What I have been up to mostly is chores. Video game chores. So that means I'm playing WoW. And doing the dailies, doing the invasions, doing the horrific visions, all that. So I have my cloak current we got like four extra vessels for next week. Um, but just logging in, doing the dailies, logging out, not a lot. Uh, we did do a Mythic Keystone 7 last night. That was a fun run. We didn't make it in time. It was uh, not Mechagon, but the the Goblin one. Um, oh, yeah. Got yeah. The gold mine or something like that yeah that one mother load mother, mother load, load. That's, that's what it was and uh yeah. this is a lot of trash in there and it was a uh, mm-hmm. fortification bolstering no fortification sanguine week so the mobs had 30 percent more health hit 20 percent harder and when they died they dropped a puddle that buffed the mob for anyone standing in there. So it was like, attack this group, walk backward, attack, walk backward, you know, and it was just a constant thing. But we got through it. So there'll be a yeah. piece of uh, 460 gear sitting in the chest next week. So that's awesome. Um, that's mostly what I've been doing. Wow. I should hit revered with both factions Monday or Tuesday. Um, I, kept forgetting to go to dark moon dark moon fair and getting the the rep buff and i'm like 
we're going to be in this for a few months. It doesn't matter. So I've uh, been working on that and a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen uh, finished up Hildebrandt from Heavensward and Shadowbring. Oh, no. What's after Heaven's Ward? Stormblood. Stormblood. Yes, I got those two done. And then Shadowbringers Hildebrand isn't out yet, right? Yeah, they're they still haven't I think quite figured out how he's gonna fit into health, you know, the whole idea of us kind of traveling somewhere else. Like, you know, does do we find his doppelganger or does he himself somehow manage to end up over there because of the crazy stuff he gets into? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. Um, yeah, which is kind of surprising because by, by 5.2, you typically hear some noises of him. So we're all kind of curious. Like, where yeah. is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm starting to work on my um, Black Mage. So I've got her up to 23 or 24 just trying to get to 40 or to 30 so I can unlock black mage but yep that's what I've been up to All righty and in the, the my screen order I see Lucy's down there hey Lucy what have you been up to why don't you introduce yourself to us Hey I'm Lucy um currently uh Right now, I'm currently in the D.C. metro area because I'm traveling for work. Um, but playing some Star Wars, playing some ESO, um, Lotro, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Right now, it's um, not snowing in Maryland. It is snowing where I am from, but it is not snowing here. <laughs> I tried to promise the people at work here that... Uh, they would get at least one snowstorm while I was here because that would be my luck to be snowed in in a hotel. Probably. Of course. <laughs> because that's kind of the way I work. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It was really nice today. Sunny, clear. Going to rain the rest of the week. Of course. <laughs> but other than that, everything is great. Having a good time. Eating all the food that I don't get in at home. And yeah. Best part about traveling. Yep. And traveling on our list of names, let's go on over and see what McCall's been up to. Now it's me. I've been rolling dice. Uh, not as much dice as I'd like to be rolling, but I've been rolling some. We had our tadpole game this afternoon. Um, great time. So you know how sometimes you go on the side quest and you get a bunch of loot and then it really helps you in the main quest? Mm-hmm. That was our session today. <laughs> So we a uh video walked, game session. We very much yeah, we'd gone to the temple, we got some you know, we defeated what was in there, uh, we got some really great loot. Um, and the particular campaign room, we're seventh level. We don't have a ton, ton of magic, it's not a no low magic campaign. Um, but he's been a little more cautious with it. Um, uh, but we got a lot of great stuff this time. And we ended up taking out this friggin' huge boss. I mean, it brought down our basically our main tank right now um in two hits you know two two rounds it took him down but he had gotten a sash of vigor so he he went down he popped right back up so it was great um yeah no it was it was wonderful and then we were able to take him down fairly quickly because after he took that 
him down. He then realized he needed to take out the healer, which was me. So I'm <laughs> not a big fan of that. No. Um, so it was very much a video game session, but it was a great time. Uh, besides that, I've been kind of swamped at work um, because I've been taking over inventory because, I don't know, Miss Dan Kenya of the ESO variety. Um, I think she's in the chat, so I got to embarrass her. Um, actually accepted a um, investigations team lead position, which means I need Ooh. to be now both me and her. Yep. So, um, so that was that was really exciting. I'm very proud of her. Uh, let's see what else we've been doing. A lot of baking around here. Um, Phoenix Fan Fusion is only four months, three months, four, four, three and a half months away, which means we are in full swing when it comes to production. I think by the time we're done with February, we should have another ten to twelve. Um, Styles of headbands out from from where we were January first, and I need to start on jewelry. Yep. That's about what I've been doing. Which is why you're cleaning the desk behind you. Yes, um, Marcus, I have many many uh, Star Wars styles of headbands. I think so. Uh, so Marcus popped up; they needed a headband. I think we have a good eight to ten Star Wars styles. So you let me know what you need, buddy. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. Now, speaking of Marcus and his need for headbands, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Um, so podcasting, working, and letting Lucy show us how awesome a mega event could be in SOTOR. Yep. What? It's pretty much, pretty much that's, and that's just this week. Um, my hard mode progression ops team has been running Temple of Sacrifice. Uh, at the end of the 5.0 era that where we left off at Revan. And then as everybody knows with an expansion becomes a new gear grind. Yep. And then with a new gear grind, you have some people that might leave the team because you know, the, the best time to leave a team in my opinion is always at the end of an expansion. So then you're not wasting anybody's time in the new expansion. Yep. So we yep. have recently, finished all the ops again. Oh wait. And I switched roles. So <laughs> I went from Marauder tanking to a real tank. <laughs> and so um, we now have progressed through all the ops at me as me as the tank. And we're back in temple of sacrifice. Uh, we were, this will be week two and the, the first week, the Wonkers stop. The Walkers. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done Temple of Sacrifice, but if you have, they stomped us. Yep. We did not stomp them. You were so, the sacrifices. Uh, that's not the way you want to do it. No, nope. that's right. And uh, so we go back there tonight as soon as the AIE podcast is over, and hopefully we can get back to Revan as soon as possible. And for the record, McCullough, I want all of them. Uh, dude, <laughs> uh, talk arranged. to me offline. We'll figure something out. Um, we have, we have some re they're re really cool. Yes. All right. And Mew, what have you been up to? Ah, uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> very similar um, to Tets, although very, very much the the being bored by the chore. And uh, I'm definitely going to. Uh, call out the fact that 
it was very amusing to me that one night that our uh, our WoW raid team got tired of the chores, and then most of us went over to Final Fantasy fourteen to, to, to finish <laughs> up night. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like you know what, we're done with the chores. Let's go have some fun for a bit. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I spend most of my time lately. I I, I get into WoW uh, literally to raid to move my cloak to the next level, and then. That's it. I'm back yeah. to Final Fantasy XIV on all, all the many alts I have trying to do fun things. Uh, like, you know, the last night we did uh, more of the rep map runs, which is always an interesting tempting of the RNG gods. Yep. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, actually been trying to spend a little bit of time in Fallout 76. Um, Ooh, nice. Yeah, it, I've just been in a Fallouty mood, and, and it's also a good timing because there's going to be some. Uh, Fun stuff happening, uh, I think, in a month or two with the, the Wastelanders uh, ex- expansion, which is free if you already own the game. Um, so that's going to bring actual, you know, humanoid NPCs that you could talk and interact with and rep grinds and all the other fun stuff that you typically get in Fallout. So, well, yeah. I know. Fallout's a bit, a bit, you know, a big activity in your in your household, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the uh, you can't quite see it unless I turn, but the... the of Fallout stuff we have behind here that I need to get all nicely set up, but uh, yeah, we're both into that. And you know, once that gets back into to, to its prime, and they get they, they've gotten a lot of the bugs out of the way. Um, there's a few lingering ones in Fallout 76, but you know, I, I think that uh, everyone might start actually trying it out again and re- remembering that this game does exist and it's fun. To ignore it. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of fun. Um, however, don't make the mistake of trying to take over a workshop and, re- and forget that, by the way, that flags you for PvP. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah oh, God, yeah. That unless you have Kenny's crew dead. behind you, then you're oh, fine. Oh, yeah, I, I could have I used a whole crew because the two high-level stealthers just suddenly appeared, and, <laughs> and I was dead before I knew what was going on. Chase. Yeah, at, at that point, I think... Uh, Kenny just drops a nuke on this on the war on the um, workshop and yeah. you're done. No, I just ended up leaving, going to another server because it's like, yeah, I don't even want any of that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm hoping to to see maybe a little bit more uh, AIE interest because you know I, I am one of those that has the private server on there, um, and we can very easily get a, a good AIE group going with our own little private server. So yeah, yeah. Kenny yeah. does yeah. as well. Says, so. Yeah, yeah. workshop walk away. All right. Yeah. So I'd like to make a sidebar about Kenny's comment. Um, if you can just blow stuff up, that is her MO. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, it's actually easier and easier to to to, to uh, self grab the the nuke silo now. Yeah. Nice. So. But yeah. Uh, that's been the extent of it. That and juggling a very energetic guy that uh, <laughs> like likes likes to go head first into everything. Of course, um, and and thank goodness he's having, cute. Yes, that is his one saving grace. Um, but um, I did enjoy the the poppy seed cake um, from. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, uh, Mrs. Mude put it together. Um, yeah, about a week ago. We're gonna be making the uh, so, yeah that I'm gonna that's gonna be uh, for tomorrow night for D and D dinner. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. That's about it. So why don't we see what else is going on? Lots of stuff. With AIE, because we're going to be digging into SWOTOR with our guests, but we want to cover this week's news everywhere else in AIE. AIE News. In community news, 
uh, PAX East 2020 is happening at the end of this month, this month right here, the one we're in right now. Um, it is on the 27th of February until the 1st of March in Boston, Massachusetts. Very Boston. Cool city. Where Fallout 4 is. Actually, one makes me want to go visit the city. Um, we, you definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> I love the city. It, it, it was awesome in the game, so I can only imagine it's better in, in real life. It's but, the second greatest city in our country. So <laughs> You wonder what the first is. Uh, we'll have a lot of uh, fellow AI years visiting the city for the uh, PAX East 2020, and uh, they're planning uh, a meetup and want to see if they can get you to join them. Um, if anyone else is going, uh, chime in on Discord. Uh, passes for all four days are available again, so Excellent. check in. And a quick blurb about the mandatory fun nights across all games, uh, where the fun is mandatory, but attendance is not. Uh, Starting now, <laughs> or 10 minutes, is the STO uh, fun night, um, 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern. Starting tomorrow, Monday, uh, is Guild War 2, which is 9.30 p.m. Eastern. After that, we have Tuesday, SWOTOR, sounds familiar, uh, the uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. max time. Wednesday is when Final Fantasy fourteen does their thing at 10 p.m. Eastern. And then Fridays are very crowded with ESO starting at 9 p.m. Eastern and Final Fantasy XIV Late Night Edition starting at 11 p.m. And then even more crowded Saturdays, we start with Lord of the Rings Online at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by New Braid in WoW starting at 11 p.m. Eastern and the Final Fantasy XIV Maps Night at 11 p.m. Eastern. Excellent. All right. And we have your raid team news and progression. Better late than never is 12 for 12 on normal and 3 for 12 on heroic. As of 2 8, they're looking to add some more heroic kills on Monday night. Uh, DOA, also known as dead, sorry, dead on Arrival, also known as DOA, is 8 for 12 on normal. Behind the curve is not that far behind the curve at 7 for 12 on normal. Vert is 1 of 12 on normal. And, yet, and um, United Ogremar Horde Pango Classic. Is six for ten on uh, molten Co- molten core. Yep. Death Star Troopers has been uh, running HM TOS, and that is your raid, te- raid team progression news. I have to ask a question. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm guessing is normal like story mode in Sotor. Heroic no. is hard mode, no. or is heroic no. like nightmare. It's LFR story. LFR story mode. Normal is just normal. Heroic would be God, because it goes it goes LFR normal, heroic, mythic. So mythic is the hardest. So is so, nightmare the hardest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So mythic is nightmare. So we actually have four levels. I think Sotor only has three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Final Fantasy has all weird number of uh, yeah uh, normal. <laughs> we have. Savage, we have extreme. extreme. We have, yeah. I think there's even an ultimate. Yeah, we don't just go all out. But I did want to mention that horseshoes and hand grenade, hand grenades, horseshoes, one of the two, the H and H, um, is two uh, out of the twelve in heroic. Nice. Um, af- after going, I think eight and twelve in normal. Very cool. All Excellent right. Job. And in streaming and guild podcast news, Sotor Escape Podcast 325. Greetings from <sighs> Keith. 6.1 Oof. is almost here, and we get notes from Keith and Charles on what's next. 
and SOTOR Escape Pod 326, Secret Shady Merchant. This week, they did a live walkthrough of the mission to unlock the somewhat secret shady merchant on Mechsha. And in Working Class Nerds, which is hey, we know what that Marcus dude. is part of, along with Nick, episode 64, interview with Jackie Chow. No, is it Chow? Cow. 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 That's right. Uh, Marcus and Nick he, sit down he was with awesome. yeah, former Bioware game developer and current Gearbox game developer, Jackie Chow. Cap. Sorry. Jackie worked on SOTOR, the Old Republic for Bioware for about three, three and a half years, and the guys picked his brain and had a fun time. And it's a good interview. I listened to it this morning. Definitely, it, it's it's a good talk. It was um, it was really fun because, believe it or not, so we were trying to get him on the show when he worked for Bioware, and it was kind of like delay after delay after delay. Oh, we're not ready, not ready, not ready. And then as soon as he gave his notice, I reached out to him, and he's like, yes, let's <laughs> do this right away. Nice. Because gotcha. we, we have a lot to say. And it helped that Nick and him at the cantina kind of connected because they both go, went to UConn. Right, and they were alumni, so it was just, you know, it was it was great to have that that spark and that connection. Yeah, and the best th- things, like you know, during the show, it was great, and then after the show, it was even better because he talked, he got into a little more details about the stuff he talked about in the interview right. that he wouldn't put on the show. So it was right. really fun. Awesome, very cool, definitely worth a listen to. Okay. Oh, not me. Nope, it's me. You are it is you. about nomads. All right, so Division 2 has some renewed interest lately. Uh, some changes are coming to the game soon with the impending release of Episode 3 and a new flamethrower specialization. Everyone loves a good flamethrower. Can, right? can you really specialize in a flamethrower? I mean, it's kind of like pull, trigger, aim, go, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> But well, you want to actually I mean, get where it's supposed to go. Are, are you more of a side to side flamethrower guy, or are you going to like lift it up to get it get the distance? That's, <laughs> that's the specializations. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, the new new spec coming in. Uh, there's about three or four new folks added to the clan lately. Um, if you'd like to get a, a ticket into the clan, you must have the base of operations staff member Grace Larson unlocked. Uh, you can then search for Alea esque and apply. You can also shout out in the Division 2 Discord channel for help. Uh, folks are always willing to help with the uh, weekly dailies and leveling. Uh, if you have questions, track down Duris or just ask in the Discord channel. Excellent. All right. And in WoW news, a new guild invite system is working great. This month is Dignita. Uh, the system is also open to Alliance members. And Raid Finder 1 wing is open you can find some more information on on wowhead um under rank three reputation essence oh i was that... gonna talk about oh, that yep sorry. never mind Tet is gonna help <laughs> fill that in because you know he put the, it in there yeah sorry i forgot to fill it <laughs> and up. didn't expand it um hey Tet, what's going on with um the uh, rank three reputation en- yeah. essence and all them so in Uldum, there is a rank three essence and it used to be at exalted they moved that down to revered once the Mythic World first race was essentially over and uh-huh. won by complexity limit, as soon as that happened, they hot fixed it and said, okay, we're going to move it down to 
from Exalted down to Revered. So uh, if you have gotten to Exalt or gotten to Revered, make sure you check with the Quartermaster for them. Pick that up. It's a it's a good essence to have. Yeah, it's kind of like once the mythic has been downed, that's kind of when they consider the raid has finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way, exactly. So. The rest of us, you know, maybe playing this for a few months later, but that's <laughs> when they consider it then. Yeah. Well, they make it their job to, you know, they work two weeks and then they pick up their <laughs> streaming and go from there. Uh, yep. Also, in WoW Classic, Blackwing Lair is now live on Tuesday. Plenty of new content and the new rush to the Encourage farm. And yeah, I'm going to do it because. Did someone say Blessed Blade of the Windseeker? Yeah, Wind Fury, it's out. <laughs> nice. Hey, Wind Fury. Exactly. Had to be a troll there. <sighs> All right. On the other side of things, in Final Fantasy XIV news, the map nights, which I mentioned earlier, are Saturdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and are still happening. Come get Gil, tempt the RNG primals, and enjoy some fun times. And they're uh, aimed at level 80s, so... Yes, there are level 70 versions, level 60 versions. If enough people said, hey, we want to try the 70 versions, I'm sure we can easily get that. Or, hey, we want to do the 60, it's fine. Yeah, you, there's ones for each tier. But yeah, we're definitely focusing on the 80. Those are the easiest, those are the cheapest to get right now. Um, so, and, and they, of course, give lots of fun stuff. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the raid team has that's in Final Fantasy XIV has been having some success with getting to know each other during the Titania Extreme! As their, their efforts have picked up in the new year. Uh, folks are still chatting in Discord. Jay Lee, if you have questions or want help with something, that's always a great place to find someone at pretty much any hour. <clears throat> and in uh, coming content news, we do have 5.2 Echoes of the Fallen Star coming. Uh, release date has been announced to be the 18th of February. Uh, the Moogle event will go away at that time. Uh, so if you're after that Namazu necklace, do your dungeons now. Lots of MSQ roulette. <clears throat> the patch site has finally been updated to be more than just a bullet list. Um, <laughs> find that at the main site, Shatterbringers patch 5.2 in the show notes as well. Um, <clears throat> oh, the reason why we are curious about this new patch for the guild is that uh, they happen to fe- feature a little bit of a fishing trip. And we're kind of hoping to get some AIE fishing trips in our future. It looks like you get to charter out a boat and your party goes out fishing and strange things can happen, apparently. So I think it'll be exciting. Excellent. Uh, there'll be a duty commenced North America on fe- uh, February 12th, so there should be some community shenanigans there. Um, <clears throat> they also announced the Fan Fest for this year. Uh, they're doing the North America Fan Festival um, in San Diego this year. And a very familiar time of year. They're doing it November 6th and 7th. So if you are looking forward to doing the Fan Fest, it'll be in the San Diego Convention Center, normally where they have uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, same place. Yeah, it's, it's a big center. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm curious how, just how much of that place they're going to use. But uh, yeah, it definitely makes me wonder what uh, BlizzCon's going to be doing this year. Yeah. All right. We speculated pre-show, but, um, you know, speculation is what it is. But I, I think the guys on Unchuckled Fury looked at the Anaheim Convention public calendar and looked, and then there's like 
no dates in November where they could fit BlizzCon in hmm. with load in time, load out time. You know, there wasn't a block, yeah. but we'll see. Maybe they're doing it in August. Maybe they're doing October. Who maybe knows? Maybe they're skip skipping a maybe year. Maybe it's a skip year. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I doubt it. That's a whole. Yeah. Bias drinks. We'll have that discussion off air. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or just come here and I'll make gin drinks and we'll be fine. He will. Yeah, just one out of three before yeah. the second one. We, yeah. we have gin. We have whiskey. It's all good. It's stocked. <laughs> yeah. It's well stocked. All right. There in March. <laughs> Excellent. In ESO news, the Harrowstorm DLC game pack comes out on February 24th for the PC and Mac and consoles on March 10th. The beat. Two, two new dungeons as part of the DLC starts at the beginning of the Dark Heart of Skyrim year-long adventure. New dungeons are Ice Reach and Unhallowed Grave, and will have new gear sets, including a new monster set, style pages, dyes, and furnishings that can drop. At the same time the DLC is launched, Update 25 will happen for the base game that will have performance updates, an overhaul to patching, and some fixes and balance changes. And reminder, MFN for February 28th will start at 9 p.m. Eastern as usual and will evolve running both of the new dungeons as time permits. All right. And in STO news, they're doing a ton of things right now in game to celebrate the 10th anniversary. Woohoo! Yeah. There are new ships coming. They even have a humble, bu humble bundle with comics and a ship bundle for STO, some of which they've been talking about in the main STO channel. The anniversary is always a great time, but they they keep going along with they keep going with this one. Yeah, they just also, kept not adding more and more stuff to it, so Nice. It's like you, you, you get a starship and you get a starship. And <laughs> pretty much. Speaking of STO, we've been watching Picard and it's real good. Yeah. Yes. Definitely worth a watch. Oh, yeah. And in other parts of space, Eve, they are living in their new home. Uh, Hoots, however, has been away from keyboard sick. Industrial capacities in the new home and the new PVE is as well as at full strength, uh, building up the Alliance and Coalition Superhighway as ADMs strengthen. The Russians are cloaky camping with goons because apparently AI is just making too much money. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, right. <laughs> gotta go where the money is. Exactly. In Guild Wars 2, just a reminder that there is a world boss hunt on Friday, February 28th, starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. All right, in Lotor, Riders of Rohan is expected to hit the legendary servers this week. Stay tuned in the Lotor channel for the upcoming special for an upcoming special event or upcoming special event, multiple. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to Marcus and Lucy and find out what's going on in Swotor. That's where we pull you in. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Lucy. Why don't you yeah. tell everybody what magic happened on Friday? So, in the past, we've done where in the galaxy is SEMA San Diego. Um, mm -hmm. We hide SEMA on a planet in a remote location, and we give everybody clues in order to find her. So, last year, they did one of the higher-level planets. So, thinking about some of the lower-level characters that we have in-game, in 
Marcus and I talked about it, and we decided to go with a low level, to, a lower level planet. So we went on to Belmora, and we hid Seema, and Seema was kidnapped by her grandfather. Oh my! So the world boss on Belmora is called the grandfather. So mm-hmm. Seema hid by the grandfather. She had no food and water. <laughs> And uh, so everybody came in. There were six or seven people who were there. At one point in the in the initial spot, we have everybody go out and kill some mobs and come up with some. Usually it's just trash items. When Marcus and I did a run through, it was just him and I. Well, there were six or seven people. So it was interesting because at one point, Thon had, um, was trying to buy trash items. <laughs> and he started off at 10,000 gold per uh, per per fang and at one point I think it got up to about 60,000 gold for one fang. Uh, he created an economy and a bidding war in, nice. in general chat because that's kind of how Thon rolls. Talk, talk about creating some content, dude. It was it was hilarious because they said, what are the rules? And I just said, look at you have to use taxi points to travel. And Lucy said, that's all we need for rules. And then all of a sudden in general chat, you see, I'll pay 25K per sharp fang for trash items. And people were like, oh are God, you serious? Awesome. He said, I'm absolutely serious. I'm trying to win. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> so they went through. Max was stuck on the top of a building and he offered a million credits if somebody could manage to get to him on top uh, of the building. Nobody uh-huh. was successful. Oh, I love jump puzzles. Yep. No one was successful. It was really funny. Uh-huh. Uh, from there, uh, the final one was, the final point was, um, I told the first person to show up, you need to go find Seema's grandfather. He's oppressing her. <laughs> so, and you need to engage Seema's grandfather. Oh. So, it Yeah. <laughs> Marcus and I had expected them. It's a world boss. Expected one person engaging is not is going to die. Right. Well, it was a healer. <laughs> oh, so gosh. at that point, it was kind of like, well, you just need to engage and keep engaging, and yeah. yeah. So finally, we told them, stop healing yourself. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because Nobody's wasn't the uh, the final clue was you will die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But we got we saved Seema. She was returned to the, returned to the fold intact. We got her rehydrated and got her some good. food, and she was good to go. Um, it was a great night. We had a lot of fun um, across the board. Yeah, I had a blast planning it. I had a blast with Marcus trying to figure out what we wanted to do. So I thank you, Marcus, for pulling me in. We had fun. Yeah, it, and it Max was says the guy on um, the. Um, the fleet was up to 300k credits by the end. Well, once they know you're offering money for something, people just keep mm-hmm. offering, saying, we want more, we want more. Yeah. I'm just going to elaborate a little bit on the Max hiding. So mm-hmm. when Max wants you to find him, he always goes to the most <laughs> peculiar places yeah. It makes it really hard for you to find them. So when we land, when somebody lands to the taxi point during the event and they have to find you, so then you can't, so then you have to find him or them, whoever it is to get your clue. So he always finds the most odd location and uh, 
makes it a little harder. And then he always throws in a little bit of, yeah, there's the picture of it. In the right. He's on the top of something. So um, it was really fun. The I would say the best part of this event is the planning, right? So Lucy and I go into the planet, going around, killing stuff, chatting. It's almost like uh, you're, you're, you're building that relationship to be able to host this event together and run it seamlessly. And she did such a great job. Um, next month, uh, Corley is uh, planning something for the mega, which uh, I don't think we're ready to announce it yet, but it's going to be mega. Always. Always mega. <clears throat> but other than that, in, in SOTOR, um, one of the devs posted that we will be getting some crazy stuff in 2020. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says yeah. crazy stuff, the speculation goes crazy. People are <laughs> losing their minds because, you know, I've seen, you know, we're getting two raid, uh, two raids, two flashpoints and an expansion to we're going to get um, a whole new engine for the game. You know, I, the speculation is running wild. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's they need to tamper those expectations or they're going to run into what they did with, uh, you know, Diablo and, and Blizzard side. <laughs> Right. Um, the most likely idea is that our Darth Valgus <laughs> will sprout some tentacles and come under the power of the old gods, and we will get Lafels. Lafels. Okay. Right. Right. Wait that, a that's a bit crazy. Wait a minute. Did Sema write that, or did Abelvan take over Sema <laughs> and write that? Because that's an Abelvan line right there. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But if you're a subscriber and you have not logged in super recently, uh, you should hop in because they're uh, uh, giving away a subscriber reward. It's a new Tauntaun. It's the Imbaran oh. Patrol Tauntaun. And you get it instantly. So the second you're subscribed, you log in. It's there in your mailbox. You have a new mount to ride. Um, but if you are a subscriber, you have until February 29th to earn uh, this mount. Awesome. And then Lucy, I think uh you you guys have had a so, couple MFNs, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've had a couple of MFNs. We've done the Terror from Beyond and we had several people within our sixteen man group who had not been there. So we went in and we went to the terror from beyond and the and the Darth Malgus with tentacles kind of comes from the terror from beyond. Um, so it was kind of funny, but uh, we went in and we rolled up to the last boss and we were just about out of time. But because we had a couple of people who had not been there, we turned and we went in. No explanations. Well, the final boss in terror from beyond is you kill a bunch of tentacles and you kill a bunch of little mobs who come running up and you avoid the little guys who come running at you and he spits at you and then you get sucked into another dimension. So at that point, at, we, uh, and you have to jump from platform to platform to kill things. We went in with no explanations. So, but we managed to kill it all at once. We did it in one go and it was great. The, the number of achievements flowing across the screen at the end was good. Everybody survived. It was a lot of fun. And then last week, last Tuesday, we did 
What did we do? Oh, we went and we did Karaga's Palace. So we went and killed the hut we were looking for. Um, one of the guys was on a new tank and he wanted he wanted the Taco Bell hat. Well, no <laughs> luck on the Taco Bell hat. It didn't drop. Aww. But that one was a lot of fun too. And we pulled that one off. We finished it right on time. And uh, we had a great time. MFN is great. We BC uh, does a fabulous, fabulous job running it. And he takes care of, yeah. Friday night, we really needed BC because we were like herding cats. Yep. He's yeah. very good at herding cats. And, you know, running a weekly event isn't easy. No. Because every week, it's you have, you know, you have the usual suspects that come, but you never know who is going to come. Right. So, you know, you never know if you're going to be down healers, tanks, even DPS, or maybe just you get a group full of people that have never done it before the content that you're running. And, you know, so it takes a special person to run that. And he took that over what a, a year ago or something. Yeah. Um, and he's done a great Wonderful. job. Yeah. Well, and, and the other challenge is he's essentially doing it for two games because he does it for the pub and the imp side. I know Marcus doesn't acknowledge the pub side, but there are two sides to the game, and he, he has to balance it for both sides, so it's awesome. I acknowledge it. I just... <laughs> I'd rather kill stuff than uh, befriend them. I know. <laughs> you yeah, you yeah, give yeah, into the dark side. So play, so play a dark side. I can't. I can't play the dark side at all. All my <laughs> tunes are light side. I can't do it. Uh, you crack me up, Marcus. I know. I know. That's and what I'm here for. If if I'm not mistaken, I think Seema's internet was also out during the uh, mega, so she had to use her cell phone as a hotspot to get into the game to participate. Did that get resolved, or was she on the hotspot the whole time? Oh, I don't know. She started I, off on the hotspot, but then she said she just, I think she said she just disconnected her phone. Gotcha. And and it and it worked out. It Her internet automatically picked her up. So, yeah, that uh, one was okay. a fun one. Very cool. Oh, it got resolved during the fight. There we go. Of yeah. course, yeah. That's awesome. So, um. So, Marcus, what what else has been going on in uh, SOTOR or the AI, greater AIE community? Because I know um, with all the stuff that Marcus, um, Charles, Eric, and uh, Keith have been dropping, you know, you said there's rampant speculation. We're supposed to get a little content update in February. What are you looking forward to in SOTOR upcoming? Um. I really, all of it, for me, I, you know, I mostly run operations. So I guess once you start progressing in operations, the new ones, you know, you're working on one at a time. And then once that one's done, then you're moving on to the next one. Right. But the, I'm curious to see where they go with the story because they said that they made it very clear that it wasn't going to be Rise of Skywalker in so far. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think they're nipping that in the bud in the upcoming 6.2, I think it is. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, it's almost going to be a uh, sequel or no, the the conclusion of it's the, the Knights of series. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and they're going to give us the uh, the finale of that. And then at the same time, he mentions Satil Shan. So what, as soon as he said that, now has the emperor taken over Satil Shan? Right. You know, and now, or is she, uh, is she dark side now? Did she turn into a Sith? You know, right. the yeah. speculations are just going crazy. And we're, uh, I'm curious to see it because in, I don't know if it was in Onslaught or in the um, uh, Osis storyline. We got a little snippet where Malgus said there was somebody he had to answer to as well. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's the new antagonist for the game. That makes sense. And they're just kind of and they're kind of pushing Kira and Scourge who have been missing for a long time to help us close out the whole emperor storyline. Yeah. And it, I, I, I'd like to get, it would be cool to get somebody like a Thon, uh, a Thrawn mm-hmm. kind of character, Always. you know, as the yeah. antagonist in the future where maybe he's not a Sith wielder. I mm-hmm. mean, a force user. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what's coming. But I'm trying to think what else we have. Uh, yeah, because just trying to resolve that storyline, because if you play on the pub side, normally you've destroyed all the the Sith facilities. If you play on the Sith side, you wiped out the Republic fleet. Or if you did the traitor side, then, you know, flip. But there, so the state of the galaxy right now is not, something that they could just put the puzzle pieces together and you know make it all nice and continue one story going forward there's a lot of there's a lot of loose ends they have to tie up i think before they jump into the next storyline what do you think lucy well you have to think about so satil shan has a family history of Dark side, light side. Yeah. Because of Revan. Yep. Because she is a descendant of Revan and Bastila Sean. So you kind of, you know, who knows? Maybe she'll go. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the story. Um, I agree that, that right now there is a whole lot of uh, wiggle room because every time you did the story, you did it, whether you were pub or imp, it didn't matter. You came up with a different conclusion. Yeah. Whether you did pub side and a saboteur, whether you did inside imp side and a saboteur, it was it was interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how they progress it. And I also want to see because they kind of drop hints with the um, oh Thrawn's race. Um, the chess. Yes, yeah, thank the you. Chiss. Yeah, with the whole Chiss ascendancy, you had that whole we're working closer with them and you know, all all that as part of the alliance and then that kind of got resolved, but there's story beats there too that I'd like to see them explore cuz that really seems like that's a good, you know, area to go explore. It, it it should be an exciting year. And then I guess 
it, you may want to say it's disappointing maybe, or it's exciting at the same time, but they're really excited for 2021. Yeah. We keep talking about the big 10 year mm-hmm. anniversary. Gosh. And I almost feel, I don't want to say that, you know, it's, is 2020 going to be a fluff year? Right. Right. <laughs> because they're saving all the big, big stuff for 2021. Um, I'm not really sure, but if, it's as big as they say that it's going to be for the 10th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Cause the one thing about the game now compared to before, uh, when, what was his name? The old producer, uh, Ben Irving. I feel like there was a lot of talk and I feel like since Keith has come on as the game producer, it's been a lot of action. If he said it's coming, yeah. it's coming. <clears throat> yeah. So what you're saying is basically 2021 SOTOR remastered. Got it. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Did you guys did you guys <laughs> yeah, so did you, did you guys play the Warcraft 3? I I have, I have the I Warcraft 3 remastered. It's on my launcher. I haven't played it yet because I actually want to sit down and dedicate some time to it, and I keep getting sucked back into to other games. So I was kind of waiting until the first big patch that they're talking about to get some of these bugs and stuff out of the way. And then I was going to dive into it. Yep. Same here. Why is the world ending? Because it's not perfect because it's blizzard. Blizzard has in the past always said, we're not going to release a game until it's polished to the way we think it should be, and then we'll release it. And the game was already delayed a month because it was yeah. supposed to be out by the end of December of last year. And then for them to release it in the condition they released it, which, you know, for any other game manufacturer, <clears throat> I think everyone would gone okay it's fine but when blizzard does it everyone's like what happened to your quality control where to go this is not blizzard quality of what we've been expecting based on their past games and this was also missing stuff that was in the blizzcon builds like yeah some of the cinematics were, were changed to to lesser versions and and of course, what everyone was really upset that I saw were the people that were playing the regular version that had the regular version kind of neutered in order to support the new one. So even if you didn't buy the new game, your old version of the game was essentially broken. Yep. So if you had the the original Warlords, which had all the um, it had the lobby and the custom games and all that, as soon as they launch remastered. All that went away, and now when you try and launch the old game, it either tells you to install Remastered or launches Remastered if you have it instead of the old game. So the only, way, the only way to go back is to reinstall the old one from a CD copy and don't let it upgrade past a certain Wow. Time. Yeah, because you can't Oof. even get the download for the old game from the blizzard classic games like you used to on the website it just goes to warcraft 3 remastered and wants you to install that and then the other huge piece of it and i know why they did this and it's a corporate decision 
it makes sense from a money perspective, but anything you create in their game engine in Warcraft 3, they have the IP rights to, and everyone's up in arms about that. But that's what launched Dota 2, or Dota, and, you know, eventually Dota 2, League of Legends, that whole genre came out of the old Warcraft 3 engine. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want somebody essentially doing game development in their engine and not getting a piece of it. Yeah. Makes sense. That that does make perfect sense. Yeah. But it's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. So. Because essentially you're stopping progression of gaming. Well, you're because you're stifling create creativity because it's like, oh, that's a really yes. cool thing we developed. Blizzard says, yeah, we own that now. Let's go figure out how we can market that and sell it. It's because you developed it in our game engine. So it, you know, it'd be like somebody developing an add-on for WoW and then Blizzard saying, oh, we own that now. So we're going to, you know... I realize they encompass add-ons in the WoW game now mm-hmm. um, based on people's you know ideas and stuff, but the add-ons themselves are free. But it, it'd be like if you developed a $5 add-on and could sell it for $5, and the Blizzard goes, oh, that's a good idea. We're just going to take that idea and make it ours. Incorporate it. Yeah. Right. So that's... So, Marcus, it's a lot of... It's a lot of little things that on top of the previous year that Blizzard had with the last, what, two BlizzCons ago, the Diablo Immortal, that whole thing. It it just seems like it's a bunch of PR missteps and not communicating well and then trying to clean up behind it instead of getting out ahead of it and and, you know, communicating ahead of time. So. Yeah, I think pleasing the Blizzard population must be hard because <laughs> for so many yeah. years, Blizzard was just Blizzard. And then you throw a corporate business mm-hmm. into it and some of the models are going to change no matter what. Even if the mentality inside Blizzard is the same, yeah. something's going to change. Yeah. yeah. And, and the problem is every time they misstep it's magnified and covers up all the good, you know, stuff that they do because you just assume, oh, they did something good. That's what Blizzard is supposed to do. Oh, they did something bad, you know, take them to task and yell at them Mm -hmm. and complain. But it's also magnified by this whole YouTube clickbait, uh, you know, negative um attitude that's that some of the uh content creators out there have which is why i'm so glad to listen to things like working class nerds uh azeroth roundtable uh, uh the escape podcast because even when you guys discuss something negative you guys still put it in a good light and make it you know, like, we understand this isn't the best, but we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and see what happens, as opposed to, oh, my God, this is the worst thing in the world. They're, you know, companies gone to heck in a hand. It, it's it's more fan than fanatic, which sometimes can have a negative connotation. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
And and Lucy, I did play Warlords. I saw your I was on the mm-hmm. horde side, so I didn't have to do what the Alliance did trying to click on trying to get on that helicopter. That was ridiculous. Oh no, mine was I was on the horde side too and trying to yeah, it was it was terrible. Yeah. I, I played in AIE for years, but yeah. we... Uh, oh, trying to we, click we the, finally, uh, the telescope the, on the Horde side. Yes, yeah, the yeah. telescope, where you <laughs> yeah. had five million, 5 million people all standing on the exact same location <laughs> because their sharding didn't work to save its life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Thankfully, they, they've gotten that a lot better. But um, if if anyone's interested about the whole Blizzard... You know, thing. Um, I think it was either in Gadget or one of the other magazines just put out an interesting article. One of the producers that was on Gears, um, which was an independent game company, just got hired to direct Diablo 4. And in mm-hmm. the industry, he's kind of known as a, a closer slash cleanup director. We're like, okay, we're going to make this and it's going to hit the deadlines and it's going to be good. And so it's interesting to see with all the talent they've lost who they're bringing in to help get things back on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I thought, Mew, didn't you think that was an interesting hire? I did. And it, it I mean, it's, I, I'm curious how well it's going to work because that's just not how Blizzard works. And, I've seen what happens when Activision forces them to work yeah. the way they don't work, and it's always been bad. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we've we've seen it publicly at least twice now when they when they force a change down the road. So, yeah, I don't know. I I I always hope that things will go well, but I'm, this time around, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, but. Marcus, Lucy, we want um, you guys were wonderful to be on. Anything else about Star Wars? Let's get back to the, yeah. the topic. Right, right. Anything about Star <laughs> Wars you guys want to cover before we get out of here? Come on, Lucy. Nothing. <laughs> so we have. Uh, if you're, if you want to play, come say hello in the Discord. We we have five ops teams running. Yep. Five. Wow. Um, we have one progression and then four, four uh, ops teams running all the time. Then we have mandatory fun nights every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Real world time, not max time. Huh? That's, I don't even that doesn't even compute with me. And uh, yeah, there's always something fun going. Look for megas once a month. Uh, and this year's this month's mega was all possible from Lucy. Yay! Thank you, Lucy. Yay. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks, guys. We had a blast. Yeah. And thank you for being on. You guys are awesome. Yeah. No, it sounds like it's doing a lot of fun and just different stuff in Sochor. And I love the fact that you're able to kind of run with it and just do something new and unusual and a fun event. And, you know, the care and feeding of SEMA. We need to make sure we take care of her. Yep. All righty. Sounds like that might be our show for tonight. While the chat room again suggesting new titles, we want to thank Marcus and Lucy for joining us. So thank you very much again. Thank you guys. Thank you. And and thank you for having us. us. Yes, thank you for having us. Sounds like you might be doing some stuff after the show. So, um, still want to? Are you going to be doing any streaming of what you're doing after the show? I thought you said you were doing a run. Yep. So uh, I'm sure one of our 
raid team members will be streaming. I don't. I don't because I'm too busy floor tanking like Kenny. <laughs> right, right. It's important. He's the Kenny of Sotor. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, if you have any questions or comments about our show, email us at podcast at aie-guild.org. Follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. Um, Ted always tweets out when we'll be going live, when we have guests, lots of fun stuff. Mew is at the Mew Cow. I am at Cyberwave, and Ted is at Ivory Tiger. We record live with every um every, with video every other Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Join our chat room and play along with us on our website, aie-guild.org slash podcast dash live dash stream. Our Discord server is aie-guild.info slashes Discord. Our theme, of course, was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. And now it's time to play all of the great AIE member segments we received this week, including overly dramatic news from At Haunts the Wind. Yay! And as a programming note, our next show will be in three weeks due to some real-life uh, scheduling conflicts. So March 1st. We'll be talking with, and I'm just going to say Corley because uh, right. we yeah, need to yeah. come on anyway. Right, Corley. So, yep. So it's 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 official. You've been volunteered, voluntold. <laughs> um, so until then, AIE. Uh, this is Mucow. This is Makala. This is Tetsemi. And this has been the AIE podcast. Numbing Northrend Nor'easter causes sudden slumber of serpents. It's the Early Dramatic News, I'm Hunts the Wind. Having a titan sword plunged into Azeroth was bound to have huge impacts upon all sorts of natural phenomena, and it is becoming increasingly clear that the planet's weather patterns have been thrown into turmoil. The most recent example of this came last week, when an unprecedented blast of polar air surged south out of Northrend and into the deserts of northern Voldoon. Normally, the parched desert region is blisteringly hot during the day and barely tolerable once the sun sets, but for three nights the temperatures fell below freezing, something never before seen except on the highest peaks of Zandalar. The effects on local plant and animal life were dramatic, but none were more affected than the Sethrak. Being cold-blooded and with no warning of the sudden below-zero wind chills, many of the snake people became lethargic and disoriented and plummeted to their deaths from their clifftop lairs. The death toll would have been far worse had a Volpera caravan stopped at the base of one such cliff, not moved just before sunset. When asked how they knew to evacuate, the merchants credited their clan's meteorologist, who forecast the oncoming polar blast, realized its likely effect on the Sethrak, and issued a lizard warning. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind.
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>